Friends, good morning. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> it's good to see you guys. You made it uh, on time. You made it uh, to church today. And we made it to the Christmas pageant, right? <laughs> I know this was a bumpy ride, and we weren't sure whether or not we were going to be able to pull this off, but we are so happy to be here together today for church at Christmas time. Uh, when Christians celebrate Christmas, we get to do that for two whole weeks because there's just too much good news to pack into one day. And so today we are still at the beginning of the season of Christmas, and it is right and fitting and good to be able to do that with a Christmas pageant. Uh, thank you all for being here today for this. Um, this pageant, we had to remember how to do this because everything got thrown off and everything was put away in storage for a long time. You remember the last year. And so I want to take a moment to thank all of the people involved who helped us to remember how to do this, to pull costumes out of storage, uh, to play, to sing, and for our students and our kiddos who made that beautiful artwork. Thank you, guys. It's a good reminder for us that when we do this, we do this together. Isaiah once said that when the new kingdom came, it would be a little child who would lead the way and teach us how. And so it makes good sense to us today that the kids should be leading us in celebrating this good news. So friends, would you join us as we worship together? Please rise. The Lord be with you. All God's people, boys and girls, women and men, come worship. Shepherds, magi, saints, and angels, come and worship. Come and worship. All who need rescue, all who long for comfort, come and worship. Come and worship Christ. Thank you. 
Good morning. As we get started this morning, uh, at Christmas, we tell the Christmas story, and we find that in the Gospels. Luke and Matthew, they tell us the most about the birth of Jesus, but it's John, in his particular way, who tells us what it means. So as we get started this morning, I wonder if you would join me for a few minutes as we meditate on some words from John chapter 1. This is John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5 and 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Friends, this is God's word. Thanks be to God. When Shiloh, uh, my oldest daughter, was a baby, uh, she would watch us do church. She would often watch me lead us in church. One of the things that we did at our church was that we took communion, much like we do at this church. And so sometimes I would stand behind a table, much like this one, and the table would have bread and it would have juice and a cup on it, much like this one does. And I would take this place and I would say some words and everyone else would say some words and then I would lift up this cup and I would pour it. I was playing a role in a script. And we together were also playing a role in a script. Communion is a story, and it has parts to play, and it has words to the script, and it has actions to the script as well. And um, there was, it used to be that when I first started doing this, um, I would lift this cup quite high. Uh, so high, in fact, that I learned it was making some of the church ladies quite nervous. Um, that it was going to spill, and so I stopped holding it quite so high. But Shiloh had been watching. And we noticed that when she was very young and just learning a few words, sometimes uh, when she was taking a bath, she would do so with cups. She'd play with the water like many kids do. And we noticed that sometimes when she was in the bath with the cup, she would take a cup, and she would fill it full of water. She would lift it way up high, and then she would slowly start to pour it. And she would say, for your body. Communion is a story that we act out together. And Shiloh had spent her life from the earliest days sitting among us, playing a role in the story, and learning to act it out, which is always what we are doing, acting out stories that we see. In the last couple of weeks, thanks to Miss Kate, we have been acting out the Christmas story at our house over and over and over again. And shiny sweaters have become angel costumes, and dish towels have doubled as headscarves, and throw pillows have been the stars in the heavens themselves. I think I played a donkey one time. <laughs> but that is not just something that happens when you're preparing for Pageant Sunday. We are actually always doing this, and all of us. There's a philosopher named Alistair McIntyre who put it really well. I'll paraphrase, but he said that for all of us as people, uh, if we're going to be able to answer the question, what should I be doing with my life? What's the right thing to do? How am I supposed to live? How should I spend my money and my time and treat other people? If we want to answer those questions, we have to first answer the deeper question of this. 
What story am I part of? And what he means is that for all of us, the question that we carry around with us a lot of times is we want to know how to live. We want to know what the right thing to do is. But McIntyre is telling us that actually the way we answer that question is by watching and inhabiting and learning stories. And it would seem that it's been that way from the beginning. In fact, if you go all the way to the beginning, not of the New Testament, but the very beginning of of this book in the Bible, you will see that it's a story. And it starts in Genesis, and it goes in the beginning. Right? And in this story, we learn that God makes everything, and he does it with words. He uses words to frame out the dark and the light and the day and the night and the sea and the land. And then once he frames all of that out, he begins to populate it with, with trees and with animals and with fish and birds and with people. You could say that what God is doing is he's creating a scene And then he populates the scene with characters, and the characters have roles to play. And the end of the story is that you and I are created, that together we might reveal something of God. We might reflect something of God in the way that we live. And God gives us a mandate. He gives us a role. But if you know the story, you know that it turns sad rather quickly because we didn't want our lines. We did not trust that God knew what he was doing when he cast us in the role that he did. We ate what we should not eat. We listened to the serpent who was way off script. And when that happened, we lost our place in the whole story. And as the story of the Bible continues, what we see is that What begins to happen is that over and over again, we see people who are trying to write their own story. They are, you could say, trying to be the writer, the actor, the director, the producer of a one-man, one-woman show. But also what happens over and over again, no matter which version of the story we are telling or we are seeing here, they all end the same way. They all end in death. Somehow, we do not have the ability to make the stories come out right to a happy ending on our own. We are locked in a story, and we cannot find a different way to tell it. You ever notice with a spouse or a dear friend or a sibling that sometimes you find yourself in a dance with them? Like... It's been a long day, and you're at the table, and everyone's tired, and the other person makes a comment, and all of a sudden you read it as an attack, and now you make a defensive comment, and then they're not sure why you're on their case, and so they respond back, and off you go in this pattern, and you think, I've done this before. Sometimes you can realize that this is happening, and even as you're in the middle of it, you might think to yourself, why are we doing this right now? I don't want to be doing this. And yet somehow you can't stop. You can't get out of it. You cannot escape. What the Bible tells us in lots of different ways and in different metaphors is that we are locked in just such a dance with God, too. No matter what God says, the relationship between us is bad, and so everything that God says, we wind up either ignoring or we taking it as a personal affront. We don't trust him, right? And so no matter what he does or says, it always seems like he's at us or on us or after us. And in the story of the Bible, we see God over and over again trying to teach us, to show us that he loves us. And over and over again, we spurn him. If you've ever had a chance to do any work on these patterns that we are engaged in with each other, you will know that the way out is not simply trying to do something different. You actually need a new story. You need a new narrative. You need a new pattern to practice together. It requires new words and new language. You have to rewrite the script 
for how you interact with each other. The old narrative has to end, and the way to do that is to begin a new one. And that, my friends, is why we have and need the Christmas story. We need the old narrative of how we interact with God to find a new way to be told. We need a new beginning, which is why at Christmas we see that God writes himself into the story for us. John begins his gospel by mimicking Genesis, and he says, in the beginning. He writes, in the beginning, and he does that to remind us that God, who was the one who knew how to begin the story of the world, is the only one who can also begin a new story with us. And he does that by writing himself into the story in Jesus. The word takes on flesh, as John says. The word comes and dwells and lives among us. Jesus comes full of grace and truth, John tells us. He has the new lines. He is the one who knows the script. He wrote it. He shows us how it is supposed to go. He shows us the role that we were supposed to have. And then Jesus takes the bad stories that can't come out right, that end in death, and he gives them a new ending for us. Jesus comes at Christmas to tell us the story of God who comes to take our place, to take our cross, so that we could once more take place in God's story, and so that we could take a seat at his table. And so what we are about to do in this pageant together today is actually what Christians are always doing, taking up these words in this story as though they are our lines taking our place in the story with Joseph and Mary and shepherds and wise men and Elizabeth and Zechariah and old Simeon and Anna who teach us what it is like to simply take God at his word and to do that by taking the word made flesh who offers to take our spot so we can have his. And so, really, I guess at this point there's just one thing left to say. Places, everyone. Friends, the peace of Christ be with you. Would you rise for a moment and pass that peace to each other? Remember also those who watch us from afar. Even as our anticipation grows, would you join me in a Christmas prayer? Mighty God who makes promises and keeps them, today we are in awe of your work and the gift of Jesus come down as our Savior. We marvel at your timing, that you would enter into the world in the midst of sin and death, and that you would make light shine in the middle of the darkness. We marvel at your advent, that you would come to earth as true king and yet enter the world in such weakness. Lord, sometimes our rooms get very messy, and our hearts are messy too. But you did not wait for us to clean things up. You came to us because we could not. We marvel also at your power, how by weakness you overcame the strong, in choosing poverty, you displayed true wealth. Today, there are so many people who are hungry and impoverished. We worry that no one will say hi to them or give them a hot meal. Comfort them, Lord, for you chose to identify yourself as one of them. We think, too, today of the many people who are living somewhere, but it isn't home. A lot of people are stuck in airports this weekend. Many others are running away from angry words and people in looking for places of safety. Many will seek and knock, and we worry that they will find no answer. And so would you answer them, Lord, and give them shelter, for you too came as one with no bed to call your own. Loving God, it was your faithfulness to a sinful world that prompted the sending of your Son. 
We are people in need of your love and presence, though we don't always like to admit it. Our world is heavy with suffering, even at Christmas, and our hearts are heavy with it too. We think of those hurt by a bombing at a restaurant on Christmas Day in Beni in the Democratic Republic of Congo. We think of the people of South Africa remembering and giving thanks for and saying goodbye to Archbishop Desmond Tutu. And closer to home, we think of people in our lives who carry hard news or who need your help this Christmas. We think of those making sense of doctor's reports who are sick and who want to get better. We think of Hank and Bev and Thalia and Brian and Henny and Oscar, Karen and Steve, and a new friend from our town named Keith who has cancer. Lord, we remember too all those others who we voice to you silently now. Would you hear the words that we speak in our heart too? Lord Jesus, we ask that you would send your spirit into the lives of these many people whom we have named to you out loud and quietly. We ask that you would bring new life from death, peace where there is violence, and forgiveness in sinners. Gracious God, you put yourself in the care of Mary and Joseph, your servants. Give us grace to be like them. Make us vessels of your grace in the world. Servants who are willing to have our lives interrupted for your glory and purposes. God with us, come and be with us now by your Holy Spirit as we turn our attention to the word of your story. As we read this story, make it good, glad news to us. And as we act out this story in words and songs, make it to be good, glad news through us for those who also need to hear. We pray this in the power and the joy and the gift of your presence among us and in us, now and always until you come back. In Jesus' name, amen. Luke 2, 1 through 5. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from Galilee, or went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. This is the word of the Lord. Mary and Joseph, a pitiful sight. So tired and dirty, they gave me a fright. My rooms are all taken, not one empty bed. There will not be a room in all of Bethlehem, I said. But their eyes told a story of hunger and need. I couldn't avoid them, so I tried a good deed. I cleaned up the stable. Rachel cooked up a meal. We helped all we could. At least that's how I feel. For we noticed that Mary was expecting, and soon. So we prepared for delivery right under the moon. The child came so quickly, his face seemed a light, as if God had shown his presence so bright. Joseph said softly, it's Jesus, my friend. God sent him among us to bring to an end fear and hatred, darkness and sin. Instead, God gave us light to let God's love in.
While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. This is the word of the Lord. My animals were calm, quieter than normal. They often are noisy and never too formal. But on Christmas night, they were strangely in awe at the sight of the babe and all that they saw. It's as if they were aware that God had just hushed them, had fed and watered and carefully brushed them. They knew, I believe, that God was, had been able to work a miracle there in that stable. Through 14. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord showed around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. This is the word of the Lord. Angels came to the shepherds. Boy, were they scared. Angels cried one. Will any life be spared? Are they here to destroy us all? Is our time on earth up? Have we seen our last day? Have we drunk our last cup? But peace on earth, goodwill to all, was the angel's sweet song. That was their call. With a light show that dazzled all who did see, the angels hallelujahed and sang out with glee. To Bethlehem, shepherds, angels directed, to see Jesus Christ whom God had perfected. Go worship the Lord and follow his ways, and you'll find Christmas joy for all of your days.
angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is the word of the Lord. We shepherds, I tell you, were scared and were stunned. Too much hard work or too much hot sun. That's what we thought. That's how we explained. Perplexed and afraid, we loudly complained. But the angel's song calmed us, and then we believed. We rejoiced when we knew, and we were quite relieved. We went to the stable and worshipped the Lord. Then we left and began to spread the good word. Matthew 2, 1 through 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. This is the word of the Lord. The star that shone brightly led wise men at night to Bethlehem's stable to the manger's strange light. They came bearing gifts in worship and love, praising God for God's wonders from heaven above. The wise men were kings, and they knelt on the straw. It was the oddest of things that ever I saw. If kings from a faraway land can bring him treasure, then maybe you too can worship with pleasure. The person of Jesus, whom came to us all, so worthy of praise, for he brings us God's call. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Come to God for healing and strife. Come into me, all you who labor, 
and I'll give you rest forever to savor. It was the very first Christmas, and there in the manger, the Christ child was born. It couldn't have been stranger. Shepherds saw angels, wise men, a star. They came to see Jesus. They came afar. They knew he was special, God's very own son. He came to the earth to love everyone. He grew up in time, the Savior of the Lord, to be worshipped each day, to be loved and adored. So now at Christmas, we take all delight in the gift that God gave us that first Christmas night. In the gifts we receive and the ones that we give, let us never forget it's in Christ that we live.
Nope. <laughs> Jingle all the way. Can we applaud for that? I don't know, is that? <laughs> Thank you guys for helping us remember the story and all of its joy and wonder. Having heard the story, we now get to taste it together. So friends, uh, gathered here or at home, around this table or around your own, with a small piece of bread and a little bit of juice, or with a big loaf, wherever you are right now, this is the Lord's table. And it is good to be together. And let's give thanks to God for this meal. Friends, the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Would you pray with me? Holy God, who made everything, through your word all things came into being, and without you not one thing was made. As your word spoke through your covenant, you created a people bound to you. Through promise and pardon, slavery and exile, you showed that what had come into being through you was life. Your prophets promised a coming light for all people. They spoke of a day of comfort and redemption when ruins and waste places would break out into song. When that day came and the word became flesh, your angels sang for joy and put a new song in our hearts. And even when we rejected your son, you brought forth from his death a resurrection and everlasting glory. You welcome us as your forgiven people, uniting heaven and earth and joining our voices with angels and archangels in the unending sound of your praise, proclaiming together, Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Life-giving God, as your word became flesh and lived among us, Come among us now in the fullness of your grace and truth. Make us holy as you are holy, that your word may become flesh anew today. Send your Holy Spirit upon this bread and wine, that they might be for us the body and blood of Jesus, who, at supper with his disciples, gave us this memorial of his sacrifice until he comes again. On the night of his arrest, the Lord Jesus took bread, and after giving thanks to God, he broke it, And he gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup. And after giving thanks to God, he gave it to them, saying, This cup This cup is the new covenant which is sealed in my blood and poured out for you and for many. Whenever you drink this, do this to remember me. For friends, whenever we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim together the Lord's death until he comes again. Great is the mystery of faith. Together, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. God of glory, make your church a sign of newborn hope in your kingdom. Be born in us today. Where your children are faced with ruin, show them redemption. Where sorrow endures, bring your holy comfort. Where division excludes, give your grace. Where bondage confines, sing your new song. Restore our hope in you until the day when all that you have made finds its fulfillment in the glory of your Son when nothing falls outside of your redeeming purpose, and when all things shall be full of grace and truth in you, one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.
Brothers and sisters, congregation in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord has prepared this table for all those who love him and trust in him alone for their salvation. All those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, who are sorry for their sins and who desire to live in obedience to him are invited to come now with gladness to the table of the Lord. For friends, these are the gifts of God for the people of God. Friends, would you take your individually self-served container? Go ahead and open the part with the, with the cup in it. If you guys want to go sit with your parents, you are welcome to do so. You guys ready? I know there's extra shuffling today. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, take... Eat, remember, and believe that the body of our Savior Jesus Christ was given for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. When you're ready, go ahead and turn it over. Bit of a spill factor on this one. Brothers and sisters, take, eat, Drink, remember, and believe that the blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ, was given for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. Amen. Friends, it is Christmas, and the God who proclaims that he has come to dwell among us, is the same God who promises to go with you by his Spirit wherever you go today and this week. Would you rise in body or in spirit and receive God's blessing? Friends, the joy of the angels, the eagerness of the shepherds, the perseverance of the magi, the obedience of Joseph and Mary, and the peace of Jesus Christ be yours this Christmas. May the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you now and forever. Amen. Let's go singing!